Good morning. I'm glad that you're here. We hope that this morning's worship service will be a blessing to you. For you being here is certainly a blessing to us. So thank you so much for being here. At the end of the book of Deuteronomy, Moses' life itself was coming to an end. And a new leader for the Israelites was needed. A new leader who would take the people into the promised land. Moses was not allowed himself to go because of the mistakes that he had made. Well, God, at this point, chose Joshua as the leader of the Israelites to take them into the promised land. We read of this in the book of Joshua. And in Joshua chapter 1, it opens with God speaking to Joshua concerning the conquest of the promised land. The challenges that he would face, he was encouraging Joshua, telling him to go and to take the land that was promised to them. And this text contains the repetition of a formula of faith and encouragement that would play an important role in Joshua's service as the new leader of the nation of Israel. That phrase... That formula is this, be strong and courageous. Numerous times throughout this chapter and in other places, even in the book of Deuteronomy, this phrase is used. And this phrase, be strong and courageous, is connected with other admonitions of not being afraid, with not getting discouraged, and the reminder that the Lord would be with Joshua. The opening few verses of the book set the standard also, I believe, of a Christian in this world. While we are not leading a great number of people into a new and promised land, on a daily basis, we are facing challenging situations. We are facing things that come from the adversary. We are facing things that that come our way from the world that get us maybe to question our faith, that try to get us to, to become weaker and weaker on a regular basis. And the words that God tells Joshua in chapter 9, in chapter 1 rather, verses 1 through 9, serve as an encouragement to us today as we go forth, as we go forth in our lives living on this planet and as we go forth eventually into our promised land, that being our heavenly home some sweet day. Our congregation here, we need people to do what Joshua did with the children of Israel, to lead them. The Lord has given us instructions on how to appoint elders, how to appoint deacons. And based on their wisdom, we are able to you know, put people in other places that do great works here. Well, we need to help you become a better leader here at the congregation, but also, though, as you go out into the world and face the challenges that are out there that certainly will be coming on a regular basis. So will you accept the commands given to Joshua? Will you apply them to your life, or will you retreat in a spiritual way? Will you recede back into the darkness Will you stay away from the Christian light that you are supposed to have being out there and being shown to other people? You can be a part of the change 
that this world needs to be better. You can be a part of someone's life to be better for themselves so that they might come to know and to learn about God. Let's look first at Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my, Moses, my servant, is dead. <clears throat> now therefore, <clears throat> arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. God's first command to Joshua, He says to him, Now therefore, arise. What we see here is action. God did not tell him, just sit there and be comfortable. Just sit there and maybe something will happen. God told Joshua to arise. He was told to get up and get ready and to go into the promised land. At this point, they had mourned the death of Moses and it was time to move on. It was time, though, to go towards the challenges that certainly awaited them. The conquest of the city of Jericho, them battling their defeat at Ai in chapter, chapter, in chapter 7, and their battle in Palestine in chapter 11 as well. So this was a scary moment for Joshua and the children of Israel to be sure because they were told to go forward, to arise and to go. And there would be challenges there that would await them. We need Christians today who will step up, take charge, and who will lead. This leadership might be in the form of a Bible class teacher. Someone who has in their hands the power to affect, in a great way, the next generation. Now, I hope I didn't scare you off. <laughs> because what you're doing is important if you're a Bible class teacher. And if you're not a Bible class teacher, I want you to think about doing that. Because that is an important part of what every congregation of the Lord's church does. You know, this is a major part of what we do. We come in here and we worship. I speak to you, Brother Jim, lead singing, even if it is with the tenor part. I wish I could sing tenor. It's important to be sure, but I think sometimes we might forget about the Bible class program. We brush it to the side, it's just something else to do. We can just maybe just do the minimum, but we need those who are willing to teach because it is in those class periods that the exchange of information is two-way, right? We don't normally have questions during this hour, but in the class period you can have questions, more how we do it. And so whenever a student is struggling with something, if you are in an older teen class and they're struggling with something, and they don't know who to ask, maybe they'll ask it in the Bible class. Or a young man or a young girl in some of the younger classes, in the smaller classes, they don't quite understand the story of Noah, but you lay it out to them in an excellent way because it's, a, it's your favorite account, perhaps, of the Old Testament. And then you are imparting that faith onto them as they see the faith that Noah has and as they see your love for that amazing account that happened in the Old Testament. Well, I've never done that before. Never taught class. Well, it's how you grow and develop. We need you to do it for them, but you need you to do it for you so that your faith will grow. There's wonderful material. 
Just look over it and your faith will grow as you become that teacher that our young people need. And saying, I've never done that before. Well, that's how great things are accomplished. Is whenever you go out in faith, whenever you are strong and courageous, as God has instructed us to all go therefore and arise. Or maybe you need to become an active member in an already established ministry. Something that we do here. Something where your faith is more active outside of this hour on Sundays. Or maybe on Wednesdays. Be an active part in that. Or maybe even start a new ministry. Something that we're not doing. But something that is close to your heart that you think would be in line with our efforts here. And that you would take that over and start even a new ministry. We need you to arise, to step out in faith and focus your eyes on the Lord and what He would have us to do. But you've got to be strong and courageous, of course, whenever you do it. Next, let's look at Joshua chapter 1, verses 2 and four, two through 4. We've read 2 already, but let's pick up there. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, cross this Jordan you and all this people to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel, every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this, great, and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun, will be your territory. God expects us to obey. Joshua and the others, they weren't just told to arise, they were told to go over the Jordan. Now you've got to do something. Don't just wake up in the morning, now you've got to go out and you've got to do something. God gave Israel 300,000 square miles, but they only claimed about 30,000 square miles of it, which was a huge accomplishment. But God gave them more. There was things that stopped them. There was things that, that kept them back. God has given us the world to go out and to preach and to teach to. How much of that have we claimed ourselves for the Word of God? You may yourself have traveled on mission trips perhaps. Grand experience. One that will certainly grow you in your faith. But what about your own world? I won't go with you to Siberia most likely. We might... We might probably not go to China or places like that. That's what we think of quite often when we think of going into all the world as we've been instructed. But what about your particular world? What about your family? Are you taking the gospel to them? Are you influencing them for the gospel? Many people say, oh, let, let children decide for themselves what they should believe. That's not a good way to be. Because God has instructed families, God has instructed us to pass on our faith to our children. Now their faith eventually needs to become their own. Perhaps those of us who are more mature in the faith, we've had that struggle. We were taught by our parents and we've struggled with faith in one way or another. But through that struggle, we've said, yes, I believe what I believe. Not, not just because good teachers or good parents taught me, but because I know why I believe what I believe. And that's important to be sure. But someone who says, let children decide on their own, number one, either doesn't have a faith, 
But certainly, number two, they don't understand the command given by God. Whenever Jesus said, go into all the world, certainly, certainly He meant your very own family. Many in today's society don't want us to share our faith. They'll, they'll say things like, it's okay for you to believe how you want to believe, but it's not okay for you to tell others how to believe. I, I'm not trying to tell them how to believe. I'm trying to tell them, look, what's written in this book is great and glorious, and I want to share it with you. I want you to believe that. I want you to understand the, the greatness that comes from following Christ. The inspiration that was brought down from heaven, that landed on these pages, and that now rests in my heart and, and helps me be a better husband, helps me be a better human and a, and, a, and a better father. I want to share that with you. There will be people, though, who say, no, I'm not interested. Well, even Jesus had instructions for that. Wipe the dust off your feet. and Go on to the next town, He told His disciples. We have an obligation to be a light to the world. Don't let the world silence you. Joshua chapter 17, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. I want to tell people about my faith. I want them to know about it because I trust in Him. For He will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green and it will not be anxious in a year of drought nor cease to yield fruit. Whatever might be going on, I know the Lord is there with me in those difficult times. Next, let's read Joshua chapter 1, verses 5-7. through 7. God empowers us with what we can do through the challenges that, that we come upon. Joshua 1, verse 5. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. God was empowering Joshua. He was empowering the children of Israel. And He empowers us today. He says in verse 6, Be strong and courageous. For you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and courageous. He said it again. There's not very many times in Scripture where it's repeated itself so close together. But here is one of them. Verse 8 or verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. So God is empowering us with His Word. And we have the very same promise. And He tells us this in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 20. tells us to go into the world and tells us He will be there with us. A lot of times we lack courage. We lack strength because we don't think we've been empowered. We have been. Perhaps you've not tapped into that power very much this last week. Been too busy. Got too many things to do. Too tired. Maybe we've got a remote in our hand, turning on the television. But, you know what, I'm too tired to pray. It's too late to pray. You're not tapping into the power if that's what's happening to you. You're not tapping into that. And so when tough times do come, you, you turn and you, you look for that power and it's not there. Why? Because you've not been utilizing it. You've got to use it. It's, it's not supposed to be tucked away in a lockbox somewhere under an old pair of shoes in your closet. Where's the key? Can't find the key to it. It's supposed to always be out. You're always supposed to be engaging with it. That's how you tap into that power. Hebrews chapter 13, 
Make sure that your character is free from the love of money. Now, why would the Hebrew writers say that? He says that because that's where people try to, try to get their character. That's where people try to get the power that they have. It's from money and possessions. He says, rather, be content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. People go after money, and they just want more and more. And what do they want? They want more and more. God says, I will never forsake you, so that we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? We always seem to need more possessions, more money, but God is always going to be there with us. That's the real power. That's the real power that you can tap into for your Christian life is the love and wisdom of God. The question is, though, do we believe these words? This sort of sentiment is found throughout Scripture. Ephesians 6, we read about the armor of God. In Romans chapter 1, and verse 16, Paul talks about not being ashamed of the Gospel. You're ashamed of it when you don't read it. You're ashamed of it when you don't talk about it. Paul says, I am not ashamed. And if we are to tap into the power that God gave Joshua and that God gives us today, we cannot be ashamed of it. We must tap into it by reading it and by studying it on a regular basis. Hebrews 4.12, For the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of the soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Now why does it say a two-edged sword? There's one-edged, one-edged sword, two-edged. A one-edged sword is just going in one direction, isn't it? It's just going straight in this direction. You've got to turn it over to do it the other way. A two-edged sword is sharp on both sides. It's more powerful. It's more powerful because it has both edges. And that's what the Scriptures, that's what the Word of God is. It's sharper and more powerful than any two-edged sword. But we use it more like a you know, a Nerf sword, maybe sometimes. We don't want don't to hurt people with it. We don't want don't to run people off. Jesus ran, ran lots of people off. When He started talking about His sacrifice, when He started talking about what you was going to have to do, when He started talking about challenges that, that face you, people, lots of people left Jesus. And so we've got to keep that same ideal in mind. That if we are going to change the lives of people in this world, We've got to use it as it was meant to be used. And use that power that we've been given. When Joshua was ready to go into the promised land, you know, he, he didn't say, oh, well, it's just me, I guess. No, he was trusting in God. God who told him to arise. God who told him to be obedient. God who is showing him that He has powered him in so many ways. And so the question is, though, at this time, how was Joshua successful? Chapter 1 and verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from my mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Not, not get as much money as you can, then you will make your way prosperous. Not do sinful things, then you will have success. He doesn't say that. He says focus on the book of the law. Focus on what I have told you. That's where our power comes. Sometimes we want to be powerful in our faith. And then we look around and, and realize, I, I, I don't have that much faith. Perhaps it's because you haven't filled your well 
with the Word of God. Perhaps it's because you haven't spent enough time with what powers you in your faith. Next, we must stand for what is right. As God has challenged Joshua and as He challenges us today, we must go forth and carry this message to other people. Psalm 119 and verse 105, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know, I love light. I like a lot of light. I love these lights. I can see. I can see things. Whenever I can't see something, I don't like it. And I'm sure you're the same way that whenever you can see something, you're, you're much better off. You're much more comfortable. You know, you go into a dark room and you can't see something, you're going to stub your toe. You're going to be afraid that you're not alone in the dark, and that's kind of scary. But whenever you have light, you can see what's going on. And when God's Word is a lamp to your feet, and whenever it lights your path, that will help you to stand for what is right. And we must all be true to the Word of God. Paul told Timothy to preach the Word in season and out of season. Preach the Word of God. Preach the true Word of God. Preach the truth that is found in His pages. Too many congregational groups are concerned with numbers. That's their, that's their ultimate goal. Now, now, numbers mean souls, and that's good. That's what you want to look at. But when a congregation's only pursuit is to get more and more people into the building, they will lose sight on what's truly important. They will lose sight on staying true to the Word of God because, you know what, I bet if we said it this way, we'd get five more people in. Or I bet if we did this, I know it's not found in Scripture, but if I, I bet if we did this, I bet you we'd get a hundred more people in. And that starts motivating their teaching. That starts motivating what it is that they say from their pulpits, what it is they say in their classrooms, and they're not standing for what's right, but rather they're going after what's popular and what sounds good. And we should realize that it doesn't matter who likes the Word or who doesn't like it. We've got to preach it. We've got to stand for it and, and stay true to what it has us to do. Otherwise, people are, are nothing but lost. People are nothing but lost because they're not hearing the full Word of God if we don't preach it in its wondrous simplicity for the instruction of daily living here on this earth. God has not called Christians to be popular. And that may be what a lot of congregations try to go after. But He has called them to be faithful. And if you get this point, even if you get this point, please, if you get nothing else, too many have sold out their faithfulness for the praise of men. And we read of this in John chapter 12. Nevertheless, many, even of the rulers, believed in Him. But because of the Pharisees, they were not confessing Him for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue. For they love the approval of men rather than the approval of God. This goes from the youngest of our Christians all the way through the oldest. Whose approval do you love the most? And if you love the approval of your friends the most, you need to start thinking differently about how you approach your daily living. Because you can do things and be so very popular and everybody at school know you and that, that's the goal of a lot of young people is to be known through that avenue. But let me tell you something. Those people won't be there for you. Those people won't be there for you the way God says that He will be there for you throughout those difficult times. And that's who you need to be following. 
That's who you need to be striving to please. Can you imagine the fear that Joshua must have had, must have experienced as he looked out over Israel, the land before him, and the enemies that he would face? Well, God read his heart, and for the third time, encouraged him in verse 9. Have I not commanded you, he says, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Suppose Joshua would have given in to those fears. We may in this life never fully understand how it is that God provides for His people when their world is upside down and fear fills their heart. Joshua was ready to take over a land. You may be just trying to get through this week. You might need prayers for that. You might need encouragement. But here, I hope, is some good encouragement for you to get through this week to be able to better get along with your spouse. Maybe you need courage for that. Maybe you need strength to talk to your family member about their faith and about their relationship with God. But take courage and be strong as God is telling Joshua here. Also, Philippians 4 and verse 6, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. If you lack that strength and courage, pray for that this week. Pray for that guidance and allow... God, to lead you in a good direction so that you might conquer those things that you need to conquer this week. As Joshua was given a great work to do, so have we. And we must respond as this good passage does, Luke 17 and verse 10. So you too, when you do all the things which are commanded, you say, we are unworthy slaves. We have done only that which we ought to have done. So as you serve God, Think of it in those terms. Don't think of it, well, well, where's the blessings going to come from, Dale? Where's the blessings? When are they supposed to come in? They'll be there. They'll be there, but you have to have this sort of attitude. I'm simply a servant. I'm only a servant doing as God has instructed me to do. And with that attitude, you can consistently move forward. Can you do it? Can you do it is the question. Can you be strong and courageous in this world? I hope so. And while you yourself personally might not reach all corners of the world, you can reach them within your own world. And I hope that you'll start there. As we often face the challenge of overcoming our fears, may we see that we must grow closer to God. And that's how we will quite often overcome them. Just like the man in this next story. John and his friends used to go mountain climbing once every year. This time they've decided to climb mountains in the Swiss Alps. And they reached their campsite and were surprised to see so many climbers that were there. John and his friends started gearing up and in no time reached their summit. So they decided to set up camp. After a while, John saw another mountain where only a handful of people were trying to climb. He said to his buddies, hey, let's go, let's go climb that mountain too. It'll be fun and challenging instead of just camping here. We've, we've got time. A friend replied, no way. I have learned that that mountain is very difficult. John took this as a challenge and went alone towards his new mountain peak. 
And two hours later, he reached the top. People who were already there welcomed John with a round of applause. And he was very proud of himself. And he asked an obvious veteran climber why so few people make that summit. He said, most people in the crowd right here, right down there, rather, right down there, are happy with what they find easy. They never think that they have the power and the potential to achieve more. There's something that you are facing in this life, and I hope that you will see that you can overcome it. That with power, with prayer, with, with devotion to God, that you can reach a new summit, accept a new challenge, and grow closer to God. And as God told Joshua to arise and to go over the Jordan, I'm asking you this morning to arise and to come forth if you're not a Christian and to be baptized, or if you are a Christian and need prayers for forgiveness, prayers for strength and courage, let us do that with and for you this morning. Please do so now. Stand and sing.